What's your fantasy football podcast? Fantasy rankings, fantasy projections, fantasy news, fantasy advice, all for your fantasy team. Fantasy football podcast. What's your fantasy? This fantasy football podcast is recorded and produced by your fantasy expert, Josh Anderson. What's your fantasy? Your Welcome and thank you for joining me for What's Your Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Monday, December 17th. Uh, that means all the games uh, from this past weekend have concluded. The only game left for week 15 is the Saints and the Panthers. Uh, Monday Night Football uh, game is going to start here in about 13 minutes or so. So it should probably be on in the background um, of this recording. Um, but this particular episode, I'm going to focus on uh, just game recap of all the games that have happened already, and then I'm going to give you guys some waiver ads uh, for uh, when waivers clear later this week. All right, guys. So I'm just going to go ahead and cut to the chase. First of all, we have this game, the Chiefs and the Chargers. They played this past Thursday, played Thursday night fo- on Thursday Night Football. First player of note, really, I want to talk about is Philip Rivers. So Philip Rivers... You know, one thing I've noticed recently is that his point totals have kind of, they've been slightly down the past couple weeks. Um, And I note that because, you know, well, first, I guess I want to say, you know, Philip Rivers has been absolutely incredible this year. You know, he's been, you know, very quietly, um, very, very good. Um, You know, this is a guy we've talked about in the past that, you know, he's been one of those quarterbacks that throws interceptions, you know, and this year, you know, he's throwing a career low in interceptions, I believe. I think uh, last I checked, he threw, he's thrown eight interceptions. That's much lower than in years past. So um, he's been having a really, really good year. But as far as fantasy goes, these past two weeks, his numbers have been slightly down. So, um, you know, I bring that up because they have a tough matchup coming up with the Ravens. Um, I'm slightly concerned because we don't know what the status is of Keenan Allen. And we'll talk more about him later. Um but you know, I I just I'm a little bit I'm a little nervous about Philip Rivers going forward. Um, with that being said, I mean he has, and we saw this the other night. He has some other weapons out there that he can use. But you know, I think a lot of this, the reason that his points have been down recently, you know, it could be because of Melvin Gordon. You know, Melvin Gordon hasn't been in. Um, he's been out the past two weeks, and I wonder if maybe that's played into this a little bit. Now, some may say, you know, oh, well, if Melvin Gordon's out, then it means he's going to be throwing more, and that means that, you know, that's going to be more points for Philip Rivers. Well, maybe not so much, you know. I think that Melvin Gordon, before he went out, um, he was running like a demon. So, you know, I got to think that Philip Rivers, um, you know, a little more, he has a little more pressure on him because, you know, he can't. Um, rely on Melvin Gordon as much as he was before. I think that has a lot to do with how why he's been doing so well. Not just the interceptions. He's been putting up a lot of yards. He's been putting up, you know, he's been scoring touchdowns. He's been throwing touchdowns. But it's just been, you know, it just seems like the past two weeks, you know, Philip Rivers hasn't been quite the Philip Rivers we've seen, um, you know, with from the other games we've seen him this season. So, um, but in this game, you know, 
he did perform pretty well. Uh, got off to a slow start in the first half. Um, they end up coming back in the in the in the fourth quarter, scored two touchdowns, and actually, um, they they actually uh, they scored a touchdown, made it twenty seven to twenty eight, um, and then they rather than taking the extra point and going to overtime, uh, they throw a two point conversion with four seconds left on the clock and end up winning it. So he throws it to Mike Williams, big Mike Williams, and uh, they end up winning the game. All they had to do was uh, kick off one more time and let the clock expire and that was it so this chargers team man i tell you what if i were um another team in the nfl i would not want to play the chargers they look really really good so i'm excited to see what they do in the playoffs um you know i'd really like to see philip rivers get a super bowl i feel like he's one of those guys we could talk about being a hall of famer if only he can get a super bowl so um not gonna say that I'm very optimistic about that happening just because there's so many other good teams. You know, you got the Bears and you got the Rams and you got the Saints and you got the Chiefs. There's so many, there's just so many good teams out there that they had to compete with. But I would really like to see, um, I'd really like to see that happen. I don't think it's out of the, the realm of uh, possible outcomes either. All right. So we'll talk about Keenan Allen real quick. So Keenan Allen is a really big player of note from this game. He leaves the game or he leaves, uh, the game early on in the game. Um, with zero catches, um, zero yards. So um, if if you played him, which I imagine if he's on your team, you did, then uh, you know you're 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 hopefully maybe somebody else went off for you, um, and so you could so you could win your matchup. Uh, maybe tonight's game has a uh, has some sort of implications on whether you move on to the next round of the playoffs. But you know, just bad luck. Um, you know, in 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 more than one way. You know, you know I have to. You know, I don't think that this is necessarily the case, but I have to at least wonder a little bit if uh, Keenan Allen is a little bit injury prone. Before, I just thought he was, you know, I think he, and I still think I feel this way. I, I think that he he's just been unlucky. I don't think that he's necessarily injury prone, but the fact that I, you know, it did cross my mind, I think that, that you know, you have to at least consider that possibility. So Keenan Allen suffered a hit pointer. Um, during the second quarter of the game, it doesn't sound like it's that serious. It sounds like he's more than likely going to play this next week. But with that being said, I think you need to make plans for him not to play just in case. So, you know, I think last I checked, Mike Williams was under 30% owned in ESPN leagues. Um, not sure about NFL.com and, and, and Yahoo, but uh, I think that last I checked that Mike Williams was uh, very available you know, in many leagues. So I would be going out and making a move, um, for Mike Williams to get him on my team, whether I own Keenan Allen or not. If, uh, you know, at this point, if you have a fab budget, um, or waiver wire budget, um, then you need to blow it. I think you need to blow it all on, on Mike Williams this week. I I think I can't think of anybody else that would be a higher priority ad than Mike Williams, since we don't know what the status is of Keenan Allen. Now, one thing I will mention is that the rate that the the Chargers actually do have a tough matchup next week with the Ravens, but you know, I think Mike Williams he's just different. He's he's he prof he doesn't really profile as a wide receiver. If you ask me, I mean, the guy if you look at him compared to some other players in the league, he looks like a tight end. So, um, the Ravens they are a little more susceptible to tight ends, and so I'm not saying it's 100 percent applicable, but Mike Williams. 
Um, after he blew up this past week, which we will get to here in a minute, I think that you probably need to add him just in case Keenan Allen is out. So without further ado, we're going to talk about Mike Williams, I suppose. So Mike Williams, he goes crazy this week. He has 95 total yards, three touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. So some of his production, um, uh, you know, a decent amount of it actually came on a 19-yard t- run. All right, so um, he ends up scoring a touchdown on the run. Um, it just, it was a little jet sweep. Um, so he comes, uh, or a pitch rather, um, they pitch it to him in the backfield. He cuts up field and, uh, gets in, gets in for a 19 yard touchdown score. So, um, you know, like I said, he's, he had a huge game, you know, and you know, one thing that it's a little tough to evaluate here is that there's Mike Williams and then there's Tyrell Williams. Okay. So Mike Williams, you know, he's, the, you know, a big receiver. He kind of profiles as the X receiver that's in, that are in a lot of these offenses. And then Tyrell Williams is kind of the, um, somebody I compare him to is like a Deshaun Jackson. So at least that's what I thought he was. The reason I say at least that's what I, what I thought he was is because it looks like his role changed a little bit in this game. And I don't know um, why that is. I don't know if that's just because Keenan Allen was out. Like maybe he had a Deshaun Deshaun Jackson like role because they already had a Keenan Allen, but uh, Tyrell Williams he has twelve targets. Meanwhile, Mike Williams he has nine targets. Now, obviously, Mike Williams did a lot more with his with his targets. You know, he had seven catches on nine targets, whereas Tyrell Williams had six catches on twelve targets. Um, Tyrell Williams he still had 70, 71 yards. So you got to think like, okay, well, if he caught two or three more of those those targets, then what kind of fantasy day would have he had would would we be talking a lot more about Tyrell Williams perhaps so like I said I think Mike Williams is a guy you got to go add in your league this week but if he's not available then I'm okay with calling with with uh with picking up Tyrell Williams um and until we figure out what's going on with the Keenan Allen situation so the one thing I will say is again it's the Ravens defense next week that does make me nervous um you know the Ravens are very, very good against pass catchers, um, but they're also very, very good about you know just against against all positions. So um, I think you just have to at least you know take a look at your options and see if you have anybody better. Um, I definitely prefer Mike Williams to Tyrell Williams just because I think Tyrell Michael Mike Williams is is somebody they're going to have a little more difficulty covering just because um, you know his stature. All right, we're going to talk about Melvin Gordon a little bit. Melvin Gordon was a game-time decision for this game against the Chargers, against the Chiefs, rather. Um, you know, so it looked like he was going to play, and then when they got to, you know, a couple hours before the game, we discovered that that was not the case. He was not going to play the game. So, um, you know, because I think he was really close to playing this game, I have to think that he's going to play this next game. So, um, you know, and, and not to mention – in those, this is a Thursday night game, so Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen, for that matter, they both have um, you know extra time to prepare for this next game to get healthy. Um, so hopefully both of them will be ready for next week so they can both be in your lineup. If Melvin Gordon does not play, which I think is highly unlikely, I think the guy that you want is Austin Eckler. Okay, so Justin Jackson, um, he did have a good game, you know, at least fantasy-wise, um, this past week, I didn't think that he looked exceptional as far as just a, you know, from the eye test, you know, as a runner in real football, he, he bails you out, you know, with a touchdown though. 
Um, so if Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, for whatever reason, don't play in this game, then I think Justin Jackson is okay just from a volume standpoint. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't be feeling great about him. You know, I think he's a, he would be a low-end flex for me. But with that being said, Austin Eckler. So Austin Eckler, I think Austin Eckler is still the back that you want if Melvin Gordon is out. So if Melvin Gordon is out, I think Austin Eckler is the, gonna is still going to be the guy. I think he's going to be the guy that's going to be getting most of the touches, most of the carries. Um, you know, I, I I I don't think you know. I think Austin Eckler, you know, his skill set is a little bit wider than Justin Jackson. I think Justin Jackson, you know, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, but I think Austin Eckler, that's really his specialty. So I think the offense is a little more dynamic when he is in there. Um, so I think I would I would. Uh, you know, especially from PPR scoring, I think Austin Eckler is going to be the guy that you want if Melvin Gordon doesn't play. But I think that Melvin Gordon is going to play. I think he is he's healthy enough to play now. Um, I think you're going to see him next week. So the Chiefs, you know, like I said before, they get up big early. Um, they get up by a couple scores early on in the game. Um, Patrick Mahomes, he had a pretty good game here, but um, they do have a tough matchup coming up with the Seahawks. Um, but I think Mahomes is a set it and forget it type of player. I don't really have a lot to talk about with Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, he's not a guy that's coming out of your lineup really. Tyree kill. Um, you know, when you watch the game this past Thursday, it's pretty evident that Tyree kill is still banged up. So, um, he's not particularly healthy right now. He's dealing with those injuries. Um, he had an underwhelming fantasy day, but, you know, to be fair, this is what Tyreek Hill is a little bit. So he is kind of a boomer bust play. And some people may be looking at me like, how is he a boomer bust play? He's the number one receiver in fantasy this year. Well, you know, a lot of his production has come on these big games. You know, he's had like some 30 point, 25 point games. And, you know, in the games, uh, you know, where he hasn't boomed, you know, you know, I don't, I, maybe he's not necessarily a bust because he's had 10 points, but, um, you know, that he, he is one of those guys where, you know, he's not going to, he's going to either have, he's either going to give you like a, a 30 point game or a 10 point game. Those are the most likely scenarios for him. So with that being said, when he is banged up, I think it's a lot more likely that he will quote unquote bust. So, uh, you know, just, just keep an eye on this, uh, during this week, you know, hopefully nothing else pops up, um, but uh, it's something to definitely, you know, keep track of and, and and check on his status later on in the week. Travis Kelsey. So Travis Kelsey, um, I, I read a stat the other day, and I think it was something to the effect of, you know, Travis Kelsey hasn't caught a touchdown against the Chiefs in like X number of games, and it was a decent number. It wasn't two. It wasn't like, you know, it was it was uh, quite a few games. He hasn't he was he hasn't caught a touchdown against the Chargers. So. For whatever reason, um, I guess the Chargers match up well with Travis Kelsey. Um, Travis Kelsey still has a decent game here. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be discouraged by this game by Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, he still he still had a, de- a decent day. Hopefully, you didn't lose your matchup because um, you were relying on him to have like a twenty or thirty point game or something. So, Spencer Ware. Um, no, so here's the here's the question for for me, um, Spencer Ware. You know, he sits out of this game. I'm curious if he, if we're going to see him play this next week. Um, you know, it's, I think that's, that's something we also need to keep an eye on this week and see if he's going to play. Um, you know, you may have, you know, I had to actually drop him to waivers just because of a, um, just because of a space issue on one of my rosters. Um, but he's somebody that, you know, I think warrants some attention this week. You know, if, if he goes, 
I think that, you know, he's somebody that you could, you could slide into your flex and, and hope that he gets you a touchdown or two. With that being said, Damian Williams, I don't see a scenario. I, you know, I think the more most likely scenario for Damian Williams, I think he's going to get some more run because he just had that good of a game this past week. So if you watch the, the watch the game this past Thursday night, Damian Williams, you know, he has 10 carries for 49 yards. Um, he gets two scores. Um, obviously, it's pretty good, you know, pretty good, you know, especially only on 10 carries. But the thing that really stood out to me is six targets, six receptions for 74 yards. So if you're in PPR scoring and somehow Damian Williams is out there, you've got to go get this guy, I think. I don't think I see a scenario where they just – they they just kind of overlook this performance and then don't and then they don't give him any work in the future. My personal opinion, I think it makes the most sense for the Chiefs to use Damian Williams more often than you know than 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 just a uh, just than just a third down roll. Um, I don't know if that's what they're going to do. I don't know what Andy Reid is thinking. But me personally, if I was a coach, I would be trying to get Damian Williams, you know, in this offense more. Um, than, than honestly more than Spencer Ware. I would honestly regulate Spencer Ware to goal line duties um, and, and have Damian Williams in there um, as much as I can because I think he's the better – I think he is the better fit for this offense. And so – and I don't think it's all that close. I don't think it's all that um, difficult to, to size up. So, um, you know, after that performance, I don't imagine that Andy Reid is just going to, um, you know – put Damian Williams in the back seat and then regulate Spencer Ware back to the front. So either way, you, any, any other way you look at it, I, I think that, um, I think that Damian Williams, I don't see a scenario where he doesn't get more run and at least, and at least eat into Spencer Ware's production in the future. So like I said before, we need to monitor the status of Spencer Ware and see what's going on. See if he's playing this next week. If Damian Williams does play, um, you know, I think I, I, he's he's easily a top twenty play for me. All right, guys, we got the Texans versus the Jets on Saturday. This is a Saturday night. This is a Saturday afternoon game. Um, you know, my outlook of this game was a little different than what the actual outcome was. I was a little surprised by this. Um, you know, the, I thought the Texans were going to get up big. I thought they were going to get up big early. Um, turns out, you know, that wasn't the case. Um, but for for most of these players, um, for the Texans, it still it still had a good fantasy outcome. Deshaun Watson, he has a nice game here. He has nearly 300 passing yards. He has 26 rushing yards. Um, you know, he has, so he has two touchdowns, two passing touchdowns, I believe. Um, he has a good game. Uh, he has nearly um, 300 passing yards. He has 26 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Um, so he has a good game. I uh, I guess it was, maybe it was better for him that the game was a little close because maybe that induced some more passing. Um, so, you know, by hook or by crook, you know, he has a good game here. I, I thought he was going to have a good game, but I did not expect this game to go the way it did. Um, so, but I think that's something we've kind of experienced with the Texans a little bit here and there. Just, um, I don't think they're, they're world beaters necessarily. They've got a good team, but I think, um, I don't, I don't think that they are, um, you know, this team, I guess maybe they're not this team that you can expect, um, you can expect them to blow people out. Like I thought they were going to, to the jets. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, he has 174, excuse me, he has 170 yards and two touchdowns. So, 
Um, I thought he was going to have a big game this week. I didn't think it was going to be this big. Um, you know, hopefully he can make, he keep this rolling against um, the Eagles next week. They don't have a very good secondary there. Um, so I, I, I think that DeAndre Hopkins, I'm, you know, I think that DeAndre Hopkins could win a lot of people that are league this year. So um, I don't know if that's the case for me because, um, you know, I started Keenan Allen the other day in one league that I, that I have. Um, you know, with DeAndre Hopkins as my second wide receiver. So hopefully he made up for that deficit, for that goose egg. Um, but I think a lot of guys, a lot of teams, I think a lot of teams are going to be really happy with DeAndre Hopkins, these fantasy playoffs. He could very well win you uh, a championship this year. Uh, one thing to note of him, though, he did he did experience an ankle injury uh, late in the game. Um, I believe it was his last um, his last catch his last catch of the game as a touchdown. Um, and he caught so he caught the ball, and then he just it didn't look like he landed awkwardly or anything. But you know, he, he eventually you know after he caught the ball, he uh, kind of rolled over and he reached um, for his leg um, or his ankle. So something to monitor this week. You, you know you. Um, I think you need to just, uh, monitor this, this week, make sure he's practicing and everything. I don't think he's going to be out of practice. I, it didn't look that bad. Like I said, it didn't look like he landed awkwardly. Um, I, if I remember correctly, I think he did walk away from the injury. So, um, I would not be too terribly concerned about Deandre Hopkins this week, but something to monitor for sure. Uh, Kiki Cutie. So Kiki Cutie did not play in this game, um, you know, and I think if you were a DeAndre Hopkins owner, then it might be worth going out and getting Kiki Cutie because you just don't know for sure um, what's going to happen this next week. So you want to make sure that you make a contingency plan just in case Kiki Cutie doesn't play or just in case DeAndre Hopkins doesn't play, um, you know, but that, with that being said, Kiki Cutie may not play either. So um, he's been dealing with some injuries for a while now. He's sat out of the last three games, I believe. Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller, I had really big hopes for Lamar Miller in this game. Um, and, you know, well, I guess I'll have to wonder, like, what would have happened if he had stayed in the game. Um, he left the ga- he leaves the game early on- after only three carries, um, also with an ankle injury. So, um, this is also something to monitor if you've been if you've been relying on Lamar Miller uh, for the past several weeks. Um, I think you need to monitor the situation, um, and if you are looking to pick up his uh, handcuff and and try to replicate that production from him, I think it's going to be Alfred Blue. I don't think that it's going to be Deontay Foreman. Um, we've seen him play. We saw him play last year, and you know there were some moments where he did impress, but. You know, he did experience that Achilles injury, and that is not an easy injury to come back from. I think that they prefer Alfred Blue, or I think they are at least content with Alfred Blue. So I think Alfred Blue is probably going to be the guy. I'm not crazy about the matchup with the Eagles next week, but I think that, you know, if, if you have no other needs on your team, um, you know, if, if let's say Mike Williams is, is already, somebody already took Mike Williams, somebody already made a claim uh, and got, uh, got Damian Williams. Um, I think that, you know, and, and if, if you need, if you desperately need a running back, I think that Alfred blue, you know, is the guy. If, if you lost Lamar Miller this week, if you are a Lamar Miller owner, all right, the jets, the jets, um, their next matchup is the green Bay Packers. Uh, we'll talk more about that later on, but Sam Darnold actually had a very nice day, uh, despite, you know, having a really thin receiving core, um, and, and, you know, and getting some pressure from JJ Watt and Jadavion Clowney and, and, and merciless, um, you know, this is not something that I expected. I did not think that Sam Darnold would have as good of a day as he did. 
Um, you know, but uh, you know, I, you know, I don't know. He could keep this rolling next week against the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, he's not considered anything more than a QB two, but it could be a high uh, high end QB two for all I know. So I think the Green Bay Packers will probably get ahead of the. You know, I, I really think they're going to get ahead in this game. Um, even though the Texans couldn't do it, I think that the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, I know they're not as good of a team as the Texans, but I think their offense is better. So I think that they will get ahead, um, and then the Jets will have to. Uh, they'll be forced into a game script where they have to throw the ball. All right, Robbie Anderson. So Robbie Anderson, I mentioned Robbie Anderson last week. Um, I thought I, I, you know, I suggested if you know this is a guy that's available in your league, and you're an Odell Beckham Jr. owner, or you, you know, had you know somebody somebody was declared out, and you had to had to throw somebody in there. I suggested Robbie Anderson, and um, fortunately, I was right about Robbie Anderson. So you know, Robbie Anderson has 11 targets on, and he has seven catches, and he has a touchdown. So. Um, big game from Robbie Anderson. Um, I think, you know, what we, what you, we always have to remind ourselves is, you know, volume is King. So if, if you have, if you get, if you're getting a lot of volume, um, then you're, you're going to have more opportunity to put up these points. So, you know, before Robbie Anderson, you know, that we've experienced games in the past where Robbie Anderson has, you know, less than five targets, you know, and so it's just hard to, um, you know, produce, on such a limited, on such limited usage. So, um, this was very encouraging that he had seven catches on 11 targets and a touchdown. Um, you know, he could have had an even bigger day. Um, if you know, he, he, he got, you know, it, it wasn't like, um, some of these passes, some of these targets weren't bad targets. Um, they were just, they were just, you know, they were late in the game and, you know, he just, uh, couldn't come down with a couple of them. Um, but very encouraging, uh, to me that, you know, Robbie Anderson has a good day here. If Quincy Anunua is out, Next week, um, I feel pretty good about starting Robbie Anderson. So just uh, if Robbie Anderson is somehow available in your in your league, go pick him up. You know he's a he's a uh, definitely a high priority add. Quincy Anunua. Um, to be honest with you, I'm I'm really curious if if Quincy Anunua comes back this year. I, I this season he he is one of those guys that's a little you know I'm a little concerned about him and his health and. Um, I, I could see a scenario where Quincy Anunua just, um, they don't bring him back. So, you know, he experienced a, uh, I believe what uh, it was a neck injury last, last year. Um, it was an injury that kept him out, um, for the remaining, for the remainder of the year when he experienced it. So, um, you know, this guy hasn't been in the league that long. He's experienced quite a few injuries. He's been banged up this season. I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to bring him back this season. So I can't imagine a scenario where we would be planning on him next week, um, you know, honestly, if you have Quincy Anuma on your team, you've been waiting, then I would probably go pick up somebody else, whether you're trying to block your opponent or whether you're trying to, to, to pick up a uh, handcuff to one of your players, maybe you're a Keenan Allen owner and you need, and you want, you want to go pick up somebody just in case, go pick up Mike Williams, you know, like go pick up Robbie Anderson. I don't think Quincy Anuma, I don't think I, I would not be surprised if he does not play the rest of the season. All right, Elijah McGuire. He's likely already been picked up in your league if your league is a, is a competitive one. Um, but he's clearly the number one running back. It's not even close. Um, 21 touches, 21 total touches to uh, Cannon's 10 touches. Um, you know, it, it looks like they definitely prefer Elijah McGuire in this offense. Um, you know, he's, it's not an explosive offense, but he's getting the volume. And he's getting a little bit of passing work, too. So um, just over 70 all-purpose yards. Um, you know, and a lot of this came on, you know, his three catches on four targets. So 
you know, it's it's encouraging to see that he's he's involved in the pass game a little bit. Um, you know, he's he's getting the goal line work. You know, at this point in the season, running back just gets thinner and thinner. You know, we've we've had you know a suspension. We've had people get hurt. We've you know big people are banged up. Um, you know, I think Elijah McGuire is is somebody that needs to be on your roster. If nothing else, just to block other teams from from getting him. So, um, if he's out there in your league, go get him. Chris Herndon. Uh, he continues to be a solid option at tight end. So, uh, you know, during a year that, you know, tight end has just been completely decimated, you know, Chris Herndon, um, he's been a pretty decent play in, uh, in deeper leagues. So Green Bay is, you know, Green Bay is a tougher, is, they're a little tougher on tight ends, but, uh, I think Chris Herndon just, you know, in PPR scoring, if he's, if he gets four catches, five catches and 50 yards or so, then you should be, you know, pretty happy. All things considered. All right, I've got the Browns and the Broncos in Denver. So they played Saturday night. Um, this was, uh, you know, I watched this game pretty closely. It was the only game that was on. Um, you know, the, the the Browns, you know, their offense, you know, it seems like, um, you know, they, they, they look like they, they look a little bit better every week, I think. Um, now, fantasy-wise, though, they didn't they didn't really impress any this particular week. So um, this was kind of a snooze fest a little bit. It wasn't anything. Nothing crazy happened in this game. Um, it wasn't a great game um, for fantasy, really. Um, but we'll talk about it real briefly here. So we got Baker Mayfield. Kind of an underwhelming performance from Baker Mayfield. Um, recently, he hasn't had over 15 points. He hasn't had 15 over 15 points in the past three weeks. Um, you know, but he's got a good matchup with the Bengals coming up. I would be very, very tempted to start him this week. So, uh, but Baker, Baker Mayfield, you know, it just doesn't look like he's the same guy as we saw earlier this season. Um, but perhaps he can turn around here against the Bengals. Nick Chubb, he did have a hundred yards in this game, but he failed to reach the end zone. So you were probably a little disappointed that he had a hundred yards and he didn't, uh, he didn't score a touchdown for you. Um, but sometimes this is football. That's just going to happen. Um, I think you need to just at least be thankful that, you know, he had a hundred yard game for you. So Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson, if you, if he's still on your team, you need to drop him. He's a, welcome to Dumpsville for Duke Johnson. If you haven't already done so eight touches, less than 60 yards, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm not doubting Duke Johnson's ability. It's just his usage. His usage is just not here. Like it's just not happening. And I get it to a certain extent that Nick Chubb has been, he's, 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 he's a good player. You know, he's a, he's a good running back. Um, you know, but it is a little surprising to me that Duke Johnson isn't at least a little more involved in the offense. So I think he's a dynamic player. I think he's a talented player. Um, but he just doesn't get in, he doesn't get enough run for him to be fantasy relevant, really. Jarvis Landry. So I made a bad call on Jarvis Landry. I really thought that he was going to have a nice game here. Uh, the Broncos give up a lot of points to the wide receiver position. Um, and, you know, the process, I feel like it makes sense. He did have eight targets in this game. He just, he only managed to catch three of them. So um, I think that, and then, you know, Baker Mayfield didn't have a great game either. Um, I, I think that, you know, fantasy wise, um, you know, if I, if they were playing, if they were playing the Broncos again, this next week, I would say the same thing. I would still start Jarvis Landry because I think that, that it, it made sense for him to have a good game. It just didn't happen. Sometimes that's, that just happens. That's football for you. David Njoku, um, bad day for David Njoku, you know, 
But, you know, he it, it is encouraging that he does have a matchup with the Bengals coming up. So the Bengals, you know, just uh, they've been better against tight ends recently, but historically they're not very good against tight ends. They give up points to the tight end position. Um, so I would feel, um, you know, if you're desperate, I would feel okay about David Njoku. But that's not to say like if you have a better option, then I'd probably go with uh, I would try I would try to explore other options if I if I could. All right, the Broncos. Um, the Broncos, like I said last week, you know this offense is very very concerning to me. I uh, I do not feel good about this offense. Um, I think this offense is in a little bit of trouble. Case Keenum, he's unstartable in fantasy as far as fantasy goes, but. You know, we're not seeing the same magic we saw from Case Keenum as we did last year. Um, you know, as pass catchers, I think they're unstartable. I think if you had to start one of them, I personally, I, I prefer Cortland Sutton because I think he has the most upside out of all of them. Um, but I wouldn't feel great about starting any of them, you know, from here on out. Um, Philip Lindsay, you know, Philip Lindsay has the quietest game he's had all season. He has 14 carries, which isn't a surprise. He doesn't get a whole lot of carries. He's, I don't think he's surpassed 20 carries this season um, in a game, but he has 14 carries and he only has 24 yards, uh, fails to score a touchdown. One thing that kind of bailed him out here is that he had four receptions for 20 yards, um, but still not a good game from Philip Lindsay. And this is what I was talking about last week. This offense, it really, really lacks playmakers. From a defensive standpoint, if I was a defensive coordinator, I would be stacking the box against the Broncos running backs every single play. Okay, and I think that that's what a lot of these defensive coordinators are. Have, I think that's what they've done as of late. I think they're going to continue to do so. Um, so I am concerned about Philip Lindsay. He has a favorable favorable matchup against the Raiders next week, but. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm very concerned about this offense, both from a fantasy perspective and from a, from a real football perspective too. All right. Next game we have, uh, we have, uh, the Cardinals and the Falcons. So the Cardinals, you know, they kind of remind me of the Broncos. So it's funny, we just, we're talking about them back to back. Um, the, the Cardinals, their offense is just not, not good. Their, their team in general is not good. Um, the Cardinals looked good on their first drive, but then everything just kind of went downhill after that. Um, you know, Josh Rosen ends up getting benched later in the game. I can't imagine a scenario where you're starting Josh Rosen. Um, you know, he, he's, he's been absolutely abysmal this year from a fantasy perspective. Um, I'm interested to see how he does in the future once he gets some playmakers around him. But for the time being, um, I don't think there's any reason that you need to have Josh Rosen on your team. Um, I don't. I would never start him in D, DFS. Um, I would never get cute in D, DFS with Josh Rosen. He ends up getting benched for Mike Glennon in this game, which is not a good sign. Um, you know, I think you know we're not really talking about Mike. We're not really talking about the quarterback situation in in Arizona because you're thinking about starting one of them. It's really about David Johnson. That's what it's really about. So. I mean, David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald, maybe. Um, those are the guys that you're really concerned about as far as fantasy goes. Um, and so we'll talk about David Johnson. David Johnson, he actually fell into the end zone early in this game. Um, so he was kind of saved by that, um, That between, between that and his receiving. Um, so, um, you know, he only has 33 rushing yards in this game. Um, you know, not... 
not a great not a great output you know when he had um you know when he has 11 carries he has 11 carries for 33 yards in this game um so those the 33 yards and a touchdown that that kind of um you know on that first you know as far as that first drive goes that really um helped out his day without that drive um he has a, a really pedestrian day against a run defense that um i think ranks in the in the bottom 5 of run defenses so uh, you know, David Johnson, uh, you know, he's one of those guys, you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if he's going to score 30 points or he's going to score five. So, um, you know, it, it's just, uh, the talent is there. It's just, this offense is just so, you know, it just completely lacks like, like the Broncos. It totally lacks playmakers. It's hard to trust anybody in this offense. Cause you just don't know if they're going to be able to move the ball down the field. You know, one other thing I have to know is that Chase Edmonds has been getting quite a bit of run. Um, and, and, you know, and I don't know if that's because they are trying to, you know, see, or they, I don't know if they're trying to preserve David Johnson because they don't want to wear him down. They know this season is obviously lost. And so they don't want to get David Johnson too involved. Like maybe they're trying to take a little bit away, work, maybe they're trying to take a little work away from David Johnson. But it is interesting that they paid him a lot of money this offseason. And then they they let Chase Edmonds get so much run in all these games. So we'll talk about Larry Fitzgerald real quick. Um, Larry Fitzgerald actually has a pretty decent game. Um, if you're in PPR scoring, he has seven receptions for 82 yards. Um, you know, doesn't doesn't get into the end zone, but honestly, you know, if you're starting Larry Fitzgerald, you're probably pretty happy with seven receptions for 82 yards. So um, we'll see how that goes next week um, when they take on uh, the Rams. Um, you know, I think that the Rams secondary is, is, you know, susceptible, um, to passing. So we'll see, we'll see what happens if Larry Fitzgerald, um, can, can have a decent day. Um, you know, I feel bad for Larry Fitzgerald. It's like, you know, in his last year as a, you know, he's in his last year of football and he has to play for this, this team that, you know, is just abysmally bad. You know, I feel bad that he has to retire and go out on such a bad note here. Um, but hopefully they can get a little motivated these last two games to try to, you know, and so, so Larry Fitzgerald can go out on a, a decent note and a respectable note. Um, so we'll see what happens there. All right. The Falcons, uh, we've got Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan had a nice day. Um, I think he'll likely continue to do so. He's kind of returned to this, uh, you know, to a really good fantasy starter. A couple seasons ago, he was the number one quarterback in fantasy. Um, I think he's currently number two or number three. So, um, he's, he's had some nice days recently. It helps that he had a rushing touchdown. Um, I, um, you know, if you, if you got him on your team, you're probably pretty happy because you probably didn't have to pay too much for him, um, in your draft. So, um, hopefully he can have a similar po- point total next week for you guys that are starting him. All right. Tevin Coleman. So I definitely didn't see this coming from Tevin Coleman. So the game script, um, it does make sense that he have a, he had a big game here. Um, but you know, Tevin Coleman has been pretty ineffective all season. Um, this is his second best fantasy day of the, this is his second best fantasy game of the season. Um, you know, it goes for over a hundred yards. You know, I, this is one of those things like I, I didn't really, even with the Cardinals, I didn't think that he would have a good day here. He's been pretty ineffective all season. So, um, kind of let here, you know, left here scratching my head a little bit. Um, don't really have a good explanation for you guys other than the Cardinals suck and the game script was good for them to run the ball. You know, one thing I will say about Tevin Coleman is I still wouldn't feel great about Tevin Coleman moving forward because zero catches, 
he only has 11 carries in this game. So, you know, one of these carries was like a 65-yard run. Um, you know, he still has a decent day without that 65-yard run. But, you know, you know, I mean, only 11 carries, low volume. Um, you know, you, you have to be curious if that's going to go up now with Ido Smith on IR. Um, but, you know, like I said before, I don't think Tevin Coleman has been particularly – you know, effective this season. I just, uh, it'd be hard for me to trust him in my week 16 lineup. All right. Julio Jones. I'm sure you started him if he's on your team. Um, he has a nice day here, despite the tough matchup with Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones goes for six receptions, 82 yards and a touchdown, um, on eight targets. So he has a good game here. Um, you know, I think, I mean, this Cardinals offense, I mean, this Cardinals team, he, they just give up, they give so many opportunities for, for teams to score. It makes sense that, um, Julio Jones still with the, with a bad matchup with Patrick Peterson still has a decent day here. Calvin Ridley. This is a little surprising to me. I, I really thought that Calvin Ridley would get more involved in this game. I thought Calvin Ridley, you know, with Patrick Peterson on Julio Jones, I thought Calvin Ridley would get a little more, you know, he would, he would have a better day here. Um, he actually did have seven targets to Julio Jones is eight. So, you know, it just, uh, you know, it's just very interesting that, you know, he just couldn't do, he couldn't do more with them. So he, he catches five of the seven, only 42 yards though. So he just couldn't do anything with the, with the targets that he got. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the Falcons got ahead pretty early that, you know, they started, you know, kind of letting off the gas a little bit. They, st- they still continue to score, but they got a couple people involved. You know, they got some other guys, um, some other pass catchers involved in the game. So, um, you know, so Calvin Ridley, I think, it, it, you know, I could have seen a scenario where he would have had a good game here, um, but pretty pedestrian day. So bad call by, by me, I guess. Austin Hooper, um, you know, if you're one of the guys that, you know, maybe you had Delaney Walker or maybe you had Greg Olson or somebody and, or maybe you had OJ Howard. Um, and so now you've had to, uh, start using Austin, a guy like Austin Hooper, you know, Austin Hooper, you know, he's, uh, He's a little banged up. You know, he did get an end zone target here, um, but, you know, he, he didn't catch it. And it was his only target of the game. Um, I think that, you know, his, in, his, his injuries are kind of, you know, holding him back quite a bit now. So um, I would be nervous. I would be nervous about starting him next week. Um, but the tight end position is just so thin. I, I don't know if you have better options there. All right. I got, we got the Lions and the Bills. This was a weird game to me. Um, you know, I, I – uh, I didn't. I expected a little more scoring in this game. Relatively low scoring for uh, two teams that I don't think they have like great defenses. The Detroit Lions definitely don't. They have a good defensive coordinator, but I don't think that they necessarily have like good defenses. Um, you know, almost all the points that were scored in this game, uh, they were they were scored in the second quarter of the game. Um, finally, the Buffalo scores a touchdown in the fourth quarter of the game to win it, fourteen to thirteen. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford, you know, he's one of those, he's one of these guys that you just, you can't really rely on. Hopefully you're not having to rely on him right now. Um, but you know, he's, uh, you know, he hasn't been, hasn't just hasn't really been playing particularly well this season. Um, you know, so hopefully you have other options to play in place of him. Hopefully you weren't uh, relying on him to be a big fantasy star for you this season. Theoretic, he has eight carries for 47 yards. Um, he also has two catches on three targets for nine yards. A little interesting to me that he didn't get a little more usage in this game. Like, he just didn't really get any targets in this game. I, I expected him to, you know, be a little more involved. 
Um, but you know, I, I, you can't really rely on theoretic to be anything more than a so-so PPR deep league, uh, flex play. Really? I mean, you're not looking for, you're not expecting anything more from him than that. So Zach Zenner actually gets quite a bit of run in this game. He gets, uh, you know, comparatively speaking, he gets 10 carries to LeGarrette Blunt seven. Um, he's much more effective with them. He has 45 yards and a touchdown. Um, so maybe a deeper lay, maybe, maybe a deeper league consideration. Um, I'm not sure how long, um, I'm not sure how long carry on Johnson is supposed to be out. Like, I think he should be returning soon. Um, so, I mean, if he's not though, I think that Zach Zinner is somebody that you can maybe consider, uh, plugging in if you're a, a really, really desperate. Um, you know, but, but carry on Johnson, I could see a scenario where they don't play him just because the season's so lost. I mean, they're not, they're going to be careful with him. That, that That's their future. That's their future running back. Um, they need to be at least a little bit careful with him and, and make sure that he doesn't get hurt. So Kenny Galladay, um, you know, for the past, you know, two or three weeks, you know, he has had pretty low point totals. He has three catches for 50 yards against the Rams. He has two catches for five yards against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and so, you know, he has a tough, I thought he had a tough matchup this week against Buffalo with Tredavious White. Um, and then he also has a tough matchup in week 16 with, uh, Xavier Rhodes. And so, you know, I, I'll tell you guys a little bit, like I, you know, what I did in one league, I ended up dropping him, um, you know, just because I didn't see a scenario where I would start him. I think I actually picked up a defense that I was planning on starting in week 15 in place of Kenny Galladay. And my opponent actually picks him up and starts him against me because he's razor thin at wide receiver. Um, you know, originally I thought, oh, well, that's actually works in my favor because they'll probably only have three catches for 30 yards. And um, that'll be perfectly fine with me. But he ends up having seven catches, 146 yards. Uh, he does manage to stay out of the end zone, fortunately. But, um, you know, I would not be fooled by this. I, like I said before, he does have a bad matchup with Xavier Rhodes. I really like Kenny Galladay um, in Dynasty. You know, I think in the future we're really going to be talking about this guy because I think he's going to be getting plenty of uh, – I think he's going to get plenty of work in the future. But I don't like him for the rest of the season, though. All right, we got the Buffalo Bills. Um, Josh Allen. I uh, Josh Allen, he does pretty much exactly what um, what I kind of expected him um, with, the, with the exception of the rushing. So, um, you know, I heard that – I heard that the the Detroit Lions actually give up the fewest points to rushing quarterbacks. So when when quarterbacks do rush, Detroit apparently doesn't give up a lot of rushing yards to quarterbacks, um, and they um, they proved that in this game. Josh Allen, who's been having these games with 100 yards rushing, um, he only has 16 yards rushing in this game on nine on nine attempts. Um, his longest rush was 10 yards though. Um, that may have been actually the touchdown that he scored. Um, but, um, he does have a rushing touchdown, fortunately. So he kind of bails you out of not having all those, that rushing, um, out of not having all that, those rushing yards. Um, but I like Josh Allen, especially in dynasty plays and dynasty leagues. If he's still out there, like on the waiver wire and you're in a keeper league or something, then. I think it's worth going out and picking him up and just seeing if he really progresses next year. You know, if he can put the rushing along with the passing, if he can really get the passing going, then I think it could be really valuable in the future. All right, so we got Keith Ford. He had 14 rushes for 46 yards. 
And then we have Mar- Marcus Murphy, 11 yard, or excuse me, 11 rushes for 35 yards. So, I mean, this is like, you know, this, this really is kind of, this is really practically split down the middle as far as the work goes. Um, I mentioned last week that LaShawn McCoy only has two touchdowns on the on the season, and I didn't think it would be very likely that one of these running backs would fall into the end zone this week. Um, and it turns out that was correct. Like he, you know, it, it's just this 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 team doesn't really get a lot of rushing touchdowns, so they don't really they don't really make it happen there. So, um, you know, I would not anticipate that LaShawn McCoy or Keith Ford or Marcus Murphy. I I don't think that. You can expect a lot of t- any touchdowns next week from him either. The only uh, wide receiver really to note here, um, you know, I, I think I said something about Zay Jones last week being a desperation home run play. Um, you know, and and you know, if you if you took my advice on that, I'm sorry because you, know, you, you would have you, if you tried to hit a home run, you struck out. You know, one reception for 11 yards. Really pedestrian day from him. The guy to note here is Ruben, uh, Robert Foster. So Robert Foster on four receptions, he has 108 yards and a touchdown. So, um, you know, maybe a consideration in deeper leagues, you know, I think you could maybe if nobody else, you know, if it's, if, if there's just nobody else available, um, in your league, you could go after a guy like Robert Foster and just, uh, you know, maybe, maybe plug him into your, uh, lineup next week if you're just in a super 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 deep league and you have a lot of you know maybe you have several flexes you got to fill so he's somebody you might be able to consider Chicago Bears they take on the Green Bay Packers in Chicago um, you know I mentioned last week Aaron Rodgers um, Aaron Rodgers has you know I thought that Aaron Rodgers would have a decent day not a great day here um, he, he throws for 274 yards he has an interception um, you know not a great day from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he he has um, fourteen. He has less than fourteen fantasy points. This was this was kind of to be expected. The, the the Bears defense, you know, they're good against really all positions. They don't give up many points. Um, they're just a nightmare for offenses. So um, Jamal Williams ends up coming into the game. He has twelve carries. Aaron Jones ends up leaving this game pretty early on. He has four carries, and then he. Um, apparently has what sounds like an MCL injury. I would be very, very surprised if we see him again this season. I believe he said that his his injury felt um, – it reminded him of this injury that he had last season. Um, you know, we don't have an update on what, you know, what the status is of his, of his knee yet, but um, it, he said that he suffered um, – he thinks that he suffered a sprained MCL in his right knee – um, and, and so I, I would not anticipate him coming back, um, this season. I, we could see a scenario where he doesn't play the rest of the season potentially. So I think that's very likely, especially with the green Bay Packers eliminated from the playoffs. Um, I don't find it very likely that, that, um, I don't find it very likely that we're going to see Aaron Jones again this season. Um, with that being said, Jamal Williams, he comes in, he actually has a decent day here. Um, I'm very, very, um, skeptical of Jamal Williams. I don't think he's all that talented. I think he is just a guy. Um, but he has, he comes in, he has 12 carries. He kind of does a lot with him. He has 55 yards and he has a touchdown. So really not too bad. Um, so, you know, I think that if you're, if you're an Aaron Jones owner, um, and you're trying to replace that production, 
I don't think Jamal Williams is Aaron Jones, but I think Jamal Williams is a good start. I think you have to go at him if you um, if you're an Aaron Jones owner. Jamal Williams actually got a little bit involved on, in the passing game. Um, he has four receptions for 42 yards. So you combine that with his um, you combine that with his his rushing and his touchdown. And he has a pretty solid day, really. Devontae Adams. I said last week that you know Devontae Adams. I thought in order for the the Packers to score here, I thought it was going to have to happen between Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Um, Devontae Adams. He has a nice game here. He has eight receptions, 119 yards. Um, on 13 targets. So um, Aaron jo- Aaron Rodgers, I think he's recognized that he's got some, um, you know, with the exception of, of Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams, there's not a lot of pass catchers he can really trust in this, in this offense. Cause I mean, Jimmy Graham, he's uh, you know, he's, he's dealing with a, with a, with an injury to his hand, you know, all these other receivers, you know, he's, he's, there's been moments where, you know, he'll throw it, he'll hit in their, hit them in their hands and they just don't come down with the ball for whatever reason. So, um, you know, I think that it was abundantly clear to me that, that Aaron Rodgers is just going to, he's just going to light Devontae Adams up with targets. He has 13 targets in this game. Um, so I, I like Devontae Adams going into next week too. Mitchell Trubisky. So, um, I said last week that I thought Mitchell Trubisky, you know, would get back on track this week. You know, he has 235 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, doesn't manage to throw any interceptions. So um, he actually also has uh, he has three carries, uh, three runs for 16 yards as well. So it's encouraging to see Mitchell Trubisky get a little bit back on track after we saw him throw a couple interceptions against the Rams about a week ago. Um, so I feel pretty good about Mitchell Trubisky going forward. I think this guy is just kind of one of those um, that, that starts a little slow sometimes. So um, you know, I wouldn't be concerned about him. You know, I wouldn't look at that, those interceptions two weeks ago and, 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 and panic. Um, I think he's just one of those guys we saw at the beginning of the season, like he kind of came out and he got off to a slow start. I think he's just a slow starter. And so when he sat out those two games, I think he had to knock a little bit of rust off and, and then come back. So Jordan Howard, he has 19 carries. He has 60 yards and a touchdown. So pretty good as far as, uh, you know, for, for a flex level type of performance. Uh, Tariq Cohen, his uh, back mate, um, he has five carries for, for 21 yards. So uh, not, you know, not great there, but he also has five receptions for 31 yards and a touchdown. So he kind of bails you out with a touchdown a little bit. But, um, you know, this offense, you know, I, I'm I'm mostly encouraged by this offense. I think they're going to do more scoring than not. Um, you know, I I don't think that um, there's I don't think they they have a good defense. So you may you, we may need to expect some low scoring games from them moving forward. But for the majority, uh, for the most part, I think that this is a pretty good offense. Um, like I said before, this offense does run through the running backs. Um, so I feel good about starting Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen on a weekly basis. Trey Burton. Trey Burton has a pretty good day here. He has uh, he has four receptions, not not a whole lot of volume, but he has four receptions on 36 yards, and he gets a score. So, um, you know, the tight end position is just so razor thin. It's just decimated that, you know, you're you're pretty happy with that level of production there. Um, you know, I also mentioned that I think that – I mentioned last week that I don't think you can really trust any of these um, Bears pass catchers as far as, you know, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, um, Anthony Miller. You just don't know who it's going to be. You know, it, it could be any of them. And I think that 
there's some talented talented receivers on this team, but like I said before, the the this offense it just runs through the running backs. The running backs are playing so well. The defense is playing so well. You know they want to just grind out wins in the in, in on this team. That's what they want to do. They want to. They don't want to be this high flying offense. Even though I think they can do it, they don't want to do it that way. So they don't want to. Um, they don't want to throw it downfield to Aaron, to Allen Robinson. They don't want to throw it downfield to. Um, Taylor Gabriel or any of those guys they just want they want to do it every now and then just to keep the defense um, the defense honest Um, so I I don't think that playing any of these pass catchers is a good idea in the future all right we got the Bengals and the Raiders Um, they played in Cincinnati on Sunday I was kind of impressed by uh, the Bengals' performance here. Like, I was surprised that even against a bad Raiders team, I was surprised that they put up as many points as they did. So to put up 30 points without your starting uh, quarterback, without your franchise uh, wide receiver, you know, it's very uh, kind of impressive that they put up as many points as they did. So you look at the box score. Um, Jeff Driscoll, he was really just a game manager in this in this in this game. Uh, Joe Mixon blows up, has a huge, huge game, uh, 27 yard, excuse me. Joe Mixon has 27 carries, 129 yards and two touchdowns. So, um, it was encouraging. If you're a Joe Mixon owner, it's encouraging to see that kind of usage. Um, you know, I think that that's what the Bengals want to do while they don't have, uh, some of their their key guys, some of the you know their starting quarterback and their their number one wide receiver. I think this is what they what they really want to do. They just can't always do it because they are sometimes behind in these games and they are forced to um, they're forced into passing game scripts. So T- Tyler Boyd he manages to to kind of bail you out here with a touchdown. Um, like I said before, I think this is what they really want to do. I think they want to hand the ball off to Joe Mixon, you know, twenty five times a game and just. Um, hopefully they can just grind out a win. Jeff Driscoll, he threw quite a bit in this game, but he only completed 14 passes. So 14 out of 33 passes for Jeff Driscoll. Um, you know, like I said before, so like I said, Tyler Boyd, he kind of gets bailed out here with this touchdown. Um, only has four receptions for 38 yards. Um, so I I mean, he's definitely the pass catcher you want in this offense. Um, but it, it, you know, it's, it, but that's not really saying much there on the other side of the ball. We got Derek Carr, um, Derek Carr. He has, a an okay day. I mean, all things considered, he has, um, 20, 236 yards, uh, passing. He has a touchdown. Um, he gets sacked a couple times in this game. It looks like, and, uh, I got to fess up to another bad call. We got Doug Martin. Um, you know, I had a good matchup, but just really couldn't do anything, uh, with the opportunity. Um, he only had nine carries, which is kind of surprising to me, nine carries, 39 yards, uh, no touchdowns. Um, I would have liked to have seen what would have happened, you know, if, if Doug Martin had gotten a little more involved in this game, um, you know, he only got nine carries. If he had gotten 20, I got to think that he would have had a little, uh, you know, kind of a decent fantasy day, but, um, you know, the, the Bengals jumped out to a lead pretty early, um, at the end of halftime, it was 20 to seven. So the, the, the Raiders just were forced into uh catch up mode in this game. Jordy Nelson has uh, six receptions for 88 yards. Um, not a bad day, uh, for him. He's a deeper league consideration. Jared Cook kind of has a disappointing game here. So I've been talking about the Bengals and how they've been better against tight ends. And it looks like maybe I was a little wrong on them. Maybe they're a little bit better than I thought against tight ends, but 
um, historically, they just haven't been very good against tight ends the past couple seasons. So um, I guess that just goes to show you how quickly things change in the NFL, how personnel change, and how they can become a lot better against a particular position pretty uh, a lot you know a lot quicker than maybe um, a lot quicker than anticipated. All right, guys, moving on to the Cowboys and the Colts. This game, um, the Colts, they just kind of uh, beat the Cowboys to a pulp. Uh, they shut them out 23 to nothing. This is very surprising to me. I really thought the Cowboys would come away with this win. I definitely didn't think they were going to get shut out by any means. Um, Dak Prescott, um, he has 206 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. Um, not a good day from him. Kind of some interesting play calling. Um, you know, I, I I didn't agree with the uh, fourth and goal where they, they you know they 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 go for it on fourth and fourth and goal and and didn't make it. They, I think they should have just taken the points there. I think that would have helped them a lot. Um, you know, in the, a lot more in the long run um, rather than than risking it and going for the touchdown. Um, not to mention they just hand the ball off um, in that situation. They didn't even bother throwing it. So I I'm not very encouraged by that play calling there. Um, that was very, very interesting. If, um, you know, if I'm being honest, I think that was very interesting play call. Ezekiel Elliott, um, still manages to have a decent day despite no touchdowns. He has 18 carries for 87 yards. Um, if you don't already, if you are a Ezekiel owner, if you are an Ezekiel Elliott owner and you don't own Rod Smith, it's time to go get him. Okay. He should be owned in all leagues because Ezekiel Elliott is owned in all leagues. So if he's available, you need to go get him. Mari Cooper, he kind of has a uh, kind of you know after his big blow up game, he kind of comes back down to earth. He has uh, he has four receptions for thirty two yards. I think he's still a guy that you need to plug into your lineup every week because you just don't know um, when he's going to have a thirty point game and and win you your matchup. So I still think he needs to be in your lineup next week. Um, you know, I'm trying to imagine a, um, you know, I'm trying to imagine a roster construction that wouldn't allow you to at least put him in your flex. We got Andrew Luck on the other side of the ball. He doesn't have a great fantasy day, but he has a good football day. Um, he has 192 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, so he just kind of was there just to, to facilitate the game. The running game was a lot better than I expected from the Colts. So Marlon Mack, 27 carries, 139 yards, two touchdowns. I expected this Cowboys defense to play a lot better than they did. I really am surprised that Marlon Mack, um, even considering all the touches he got, you know, that he had as many yards as he did. So if, if Marlon Mack is on your team in a keeper league or a dynasty league, then I'd be very, very encouraged by what Marlon Mack has done this season. He's had some games where he has absolutely blown up. Um, you know, I, I did not think that he was going to have this kind of game here, but, um, you know, if you're a Marlon Mack owner, that's very encouraging. I don't think it'll happen again for Marlon Mack this season. Uh, but if you started him this week, then good on you. T Y Hilton. Uh, he has five receptions for 85 yards. Um, he has a nice day here. He is one of those guys that, you know, he really does kind of rely on the, the long ball. Um, he needs a big play to return value. Um, and he does so. He has uh, one of the, the longest play of his day, 37 yards. So uh, not a bad day for him. Um, you kind of hope, you know, that he would have came down with a couple more of his targets. He actually gets eight targets in this game. Uh, only comes down with five of them. But it's pretty, st- still a pretty decent day from, from him, though. All right. So the Minnesota Vikings, they take on the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins who just beat the Patriots. 
um, last week. Um, they get stomped by the Vikings this week, 41-17. to So this is just kind of how the Miami Dolphins are. They, they play really well in Miami. They play really bad when they're not in Miami for whatever reason. Um, Ryan Tannehill, he has 108 yards total of passing despite being down big and being down big early. Um, it's very interesting that he didn't have a better day than he did, and he didn't even throw any interceptions. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill, not really fantasy relevant, if you're asking me, unless he's just a really, really deep two quarter, unless he's just, unless you're just in a really, really deep two quarterback league. Um, Kalen Balage actually has a coming out party. He has 12 carries, 12 carries for 123 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Frank Gore leaves this game, and apparently he is out for the rest of the season. So time to drop him to waivers. Try to go pick up Kalen Balage if you still can. Um, Kalen Balage, he's a talented player. I think that we could, we could, he could be one of those guys that could win you. Um, he could possibly win you your your week 16 uh, matchup. Um, they play Jacksonville, who has been in the past good against the run, but as of late, their defense just appears to be all out of whack. So um, I think he's worth a, he's worth an add, if nothing else, just to keep him off um, your you know your opposition's team. Kenyon Drake, he only has one carry for six yards. Um, he also has three receptions for 28 yards. This was very, very interesting to me. I thought that this was going to be a big Kenyon Drake game. He is a pass-catching running back, and he only got he only got five. Um, he only got he got less than five touches the entire game. So. Um, very interesting to see that the Vikings get up big in this game and they don't get Kenyon Drake more involved in the game. Um, I'm very, very concerned about the usage here. Like, I don't understand why Adam Gase just refuses to use Kenyon Drake, um, more often than he does. So, but that's not for me to decide. Um, you know, I think, but like I said, I think, I think Kalen Blodge is a guy you need to get on your team. I don't imagine anybody has Kalen Blodge on their roster, so everybody should have a shot at him this week. All right, so the Vikings, um, they they like I said, they get up big, forty-one to seventeen in this game. Kirk Cousins, he has a decent day. He has two hundred fifteen yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Um, didn't really need to do much passing in this game uh, because they just get up so big so early. Uh, Dalvin Cook. Um, they, they, you know, I, I was encouraged last week by the usage. I think he had 18 total touches and I thought he would have about 20 touches this week. Um, turns out he had exactly that. He had 19 carries. He had one reception. Um, he has over 150 yards total. He has over 150 total all purpose yards, uh, for this game. And he has two touchdowns. That was very, very encouraging to see a healthy Dalvin cook, um, just tear up a Miami Dolphins defense. So um, I feel good about Dalvin Cook. If you are somehow still in the playoffs despite Dalvin Cook and him being out for so long, um, I would feel very encouraged about him going um, going next week as well. Stephon Diggs, he has a pretty good game here. He has uh, four receptions on seven targets, 49 yards, and he re- makes it into the end zone. Um, you know, that that he's a guy that you're, you're inputting in your lineup and you're you're hoping that, you know, Adam Thielen doesn't steal too many targets away from Stefan Diggs. Um, but, you know, Adam Thielen, who was the number one receiver for a while, has two receptions for 19 yards. I ha- I don't want to, you know, go all hot takey and, and overreact to this game, but Adam Thielen, like, 
I'm real, I'm a little concerned by his usage re- recently. I, 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 I'm just a little confused, like why he isn't getting as many targets. Um, the only thing I can figure is that now that Dalvin Cook is back and healthy, they may really want to funnel this off this this offense through the running backs, and I think that makes sense because they are a defensive team. Like they have a good defense, um, you know, and and it may you know and. I think that all lines up well. Latavius Murray got a lot of run in this game too. I mean, Dalvin Cook had 20 touches. Latavius Murray has had 15 carries in this game. So I don't think that this Vikings team. I don't think they. I don't think they want to be this this team that's a pass first team. I think they want to run the ball more than anything. Now, of course, the game script allowed them to run the ball a lot, but I I, I think we can expect similar game scripts in the future too. All right. The Titans and the Giants play in New York. Uh, the Titans, they kind of run away with this just a little bit. Um, they, they shut out the Giants 17 to nothing. Uh, Marcus Mariota, um, has a quiet day once again. Um, you know, but it was the Derrick Henry show again. Derrick Henry has 33 carries for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Um, you know, I said last week that I would not be surprised if Derrick Henry, Got some more run because of his big game. And I guess I was right. I didn't expect this, though. I didn't expect 33 carries. 33 carries and 170 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I, I I think that he, for me, Derrick Henry has moved from flex level consideration to an RB1. I, I, I don't want to get crazy and go overboard, but I've seen it two weeks in a row. I, wouldn't, I, I think that we're probably going to see a third week. So I would be, I would find a way, if you haven't already, find a way to get him into your lineup. I think he has to be in your lineup next week. I think he has to be in your lineup next week against a bad Washington team. They're going to, the Titans are going to get ahead in that game. It's going to be a very, very favorable uh, game script for Derrick Henry. Um, I would be doing whatever, whatever I have to do to get Derrick Henry in my lineup next week. Corey Davis, if this team continues to run, at this level, I don't think you can start Corey Davis because it, it it's it's clear to me like if if the Titans can run effectively, they're not going to bother passing. They're not gonna they're not gonna do it. All right, they 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 only. I mean, Marcus Mariota, he throws the ball twenty times this game. That's pretty low. Only twenty attempts this whole game, and they only completed twelve of them. So. If you think about it, you're just you're not gonna. There's just not enough opportunity in this offense. I mean, and there's not gonna be enough opportunity next week against the against the Washington Redskins. I can tell you that. So, um, I think Derrick Henry is a guy you got to get in your lineup next week. Uh, the Giants, um, you know, players of note here. We got Eli Manning. I don't imagine many people starting Eli Manning. He's just been abysmal this year. He has not played very well. I mean, QB two consideration possibly, um, but. You know, really, you're not. You, you, if you're starting Eli Manning, you got you got some pretty big problems. I don't imagine you're in the playoffs, anyways. Uh, Saquon Barkley, on the other hand, um, he he is a guy that uh, probably got you to the playoffs. Um, he has kind of a quiet day considering what we've seen from him in the past. He has 14 carries, 31 yards. Um, he has four receptions for 25 yards as well. Um, 
you know, this is a pretty disappointing performance from Saquon Barkley. I'm sure you were expecting more, but this Titans defense, it is pretty good against the run. Um, I think that's something we have to factor into this. I think Saquon Barkley, I mean, he's amazing. He just had a bad game, bad game scripts, no Odell Beckham Jr. So they're lacking playmakers. He probably saw a bunch of stacked boxes against him. Um, you know, especially with Eli Manning at quarterback. Um, I think that that's that's really what that's 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 my evaluation of this game. Evan Ingram though, Evan Ingram actually had a pretty decent game here. Eight receptions for seventy five yards. Um, I think this has something to do with Odell Beckham Jr. being out of the lineup. So I think they intended on getting Evan Ingram involved earlier when they discovered that Odell Beckham Jr. was going to be um, out for some time. Um, I think that. You know, I don't think it, I just don't think it materialized until now. So now, you know, Evan Ingram comes in 12 targets, eight receptions, 75 yards. So um, if you're looking for a tight end for week 15, um, I could see um, a scenario where it might make sense for you to pick up Evan Ingram and start him this week. In all likelihood, he is probably available in your league. Um, So I would, I would probably go out and pick him up um, if, if, especially just, because of how thin the position is right now. All right, we've got the Jaguars and the Redskins. Um, they play in Jacksonville. Um, you know, I, I, I'll i be honest with you, I made it a point not to watch this game because I knew it was just going to be a, a yawn fest. It was going to be really, really painful to watch. Um, and sure enough, here we go. Um, these two teams, they don't even combine for 30 points. Um, you know, they 16 to 13, the Redskins somehow managed to win a game. Um, you know, they, they, it looks like they just took a grinded out approach in this game. Um, you know, they, they, they rushed for a combined 32 times, 33 times rather, uh, between Adrian Peterson, Josh Johnson and Chris Thompson. Um, so AP, he has 19 carries for 51 yards. Um, Josh Johnson, he has nine rushes for 49 yards. And then Chris Thompson, he has five rushes for, he has five carries for nine yards. Um, you know, I, I don't think that I could rely on any of these guys next week. Um, I just think it's a little too risky and this offense, you know, it's, it's being run through Josh Johnson. I don't have a lot of confidence in Josh Johnson. Um, he does throw a touchdown here, but he is one of these guys. He's a journeyman. Um, you're not starting Josh Johnson. I don't think you need to start anybody really from this offense. Um, I think on the Jacksonville side, Cody Kessler, um, you know, with him at, at under center, you can't have, it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence for me that, you know, there's going to be a lot of fantasy points scored on this team. Um, you know, it's just another one of those teams that really lacks playmakers. I wouldn't be confident in starting anybody from this team except for Leonard Fournette. So, and even that, I'm not too confident about that just because I don't think there's going to be many scoring opportunities for this this team. Next up, we have the Buccaneers. Um, they take on the Ravens uh, in Baltimore. So I really anticipated the Buccaneers having a little bit of a better day here. Um, I know they were going up against a tough defense, but you know, this, this Buccaneers team, they really are designed to pass. Um, and they just, uh, you know, I, but I guess that just goes to show you just how good this Ravens team is. So Jameis Winston, he, he, he throws 13, um, he, he completes 13 passes on 25 attempts, 157 yards and an interception. Um, he's been, he's been better about taking care of the ball lately. Um, he does throw an interception in this game. 
Um, something that was surprising to me. We have uh, we have Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber he has uh, 19 carries, 85 yards, and a touchdown. So I really thought that the Ravens uh, were going to be tougher against the run against the Buccaneers. But my assessment of this is maybe they understand that the Buccaneers are a passing offense, and, and I guess they – um, I guess they were just trying to protect against the, you know, they were just trying to defend against the pass. That's my guess here. Um, you know, because I, I don't think that they thought, I don't think, I, I think as a def- defensive coordinator, I imagine they probably thought, um, you know, that, that Peyton Barber wouldn't be the reason that they would lose this game. So I got to think that they were focused on stopping the pass because that's what the Buccaneers are really good at is passing. Uh, Mike Evans, um, he has uh, nine targets, um, comes down with four of them, um, but he still manages to have a pretty good fantasy day. 121 yards from Mike William or from Mike Evans, um, so you got to feel pretty good about that. Um, something that was surprising to me that Adam Humphreys didn't get more involved. I really thought, um, you know, out of you know all the the pass catchers outside of Mike Evans, I thought Adam Humphreys was the one that that was uh, I thought I had the most confidence in him. I, I was right to have the most confidence in him outside of Mike Evans, but com- that's all just comparatively speaking. Nobody else had more than 10 yards receiving, um, you know, outside of Adam Humphreys and Mike Evans. Uh, Cameron Bray here, kind of surprising that he doesn't do more. You know, I thought that the Ravens would be um, a little more susceptible to tight end points. Um, but he only has one catch for nine yards, doesn't make it into the end zone. So, uh, it was a bad call, bad call for me last week. All right. We got the Baltimore Ravens. We got Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. Um, he, uh, has 131 passing yards. He has a touchdown. Um, he also has 18 carries, 18 rushes for, uh, 95 yards. So that rushing ability keeps his floor very high. I'm excited to see this guy in the future. I think that, you know, he has the potential to be, one of these guys that we can really, you know, one of the perennial uh, rushing quarterbacks of our of our time. So, uh, Gus Edwards, he has 19 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown. If you're a Gus Edwards owner, uh, that was a very encouraging sight there. But uh, I will say, I mean, I still think Kenneth Dixon, he's going to continue to 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 eat into his workload. So he has 11 carries, he has 48 yards. Um, he's been putting up some impressive numbers as well. So. Um, you know, I think that the Buccaneers defense isn't a very good run defense, so that definitely does play a part into this. Um, but, but yeah, I think Kenneth Dixon, um, I think I would feel very, um, I think he's worth maybe, you know, in dynasty leagues, if you can go out and get him, I think he's eventually going to be the guy in Baltimore. Willie Sneed. We'll go ahead and group all these pass catchers together. Uh, we got Willie Sneed, John Brown, and Michael Crabtree. So, um, well, Michael, we'll say, well, Michael Crabtree, he has zero catches. Um, John Brown, he has one catch for nine yards, and then Willie Sneed, he has five catches for fifty-eight yards. So, I said last week that you know you're not going to be able to predict which of these guys scores a touchdown if if Lamar Jackson throws a touchdown at all. He's he's averaging less than one touchdown per game, so the likelihood of you picking the correct receiver uh, to catch the touchdown is not very high. So, uh, and I, I believe that going forward as well. I, I think this was a good matchup for passing as well. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson, I mean, the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do not have a good secondary. And so Lamar Jackson had opportunity to pass here. 
Um, but they, they elected to run. I think that's going to be the case in the future. I think they're going to be a very, very heavy, um, run heavy team as they should be. All right. We got the Seahawks, uh, the Seahawks played the 49ers, the 49ers upset the Seahawks at home, um, in San Francisco. Um, so Nick Mullins, um, he's been, you know, I think he's really kind of making a name for himself in this league. So I'm really impressed that he's done what he's done so far. Um, you know, things have just kind of lined up perfectly for him to um, come out and, and show the league what he can do. He has 295, excuse me, he has uh, 275 yards, uh, one touchdown. Um, I'm encouraged to see what he can do in the future because um, right now, I mean, this team doesn't really have a lot of playmakers. Um, you know, they have, uh, you know, he has guys to throw to like George Kittle and, you know, Dante Pettis. Um, but, but I'm interested to see what happens when this guy gets put in a situation where he has more playmakers around him though. So not sure what his, not sure what his future holds, um, you know, with, you know, um, Jimmy Garoppolo eventually going to be able to be, being able to come back. Um, you know, he's, he's in, he's on, um, on schedule to return, um, on time, um, so, but we'll see what happens. Matt Breida, he has 17 carries. He has 50 yards. Um, Jeff Wilson Jr. He has seven carries. I was impressed to see that Jeff Wilson got, um, as many yards as he did on, on so few carries. Um, Matt Breida, I'm surprised that Matt Breida played in this game. I didn't think that he was going to play in this game. Um, just based off of, you know, the, the 49ers record and, and, um, you know, just, you know, where they're at. And I guess it just goes to show you that, you know, Kyle Shanahan, he, he does get these guys ready to play despite, um, what's going on. Like he's, he's, he's trying to prepare to win. Like he's trying to prepare these guys to win regardless of where they're at in the season. On the other side of the ball, Russell Wilson. Um, I was, I actually had Russell Wilson in a league and I was really, really hesitant to start him this week because of, you know, the last time the, they faced the 49ers. So when, the 49ers came to Seattle and played the Seahawks. Um, you know, Russell Wilson had, you know, it was a very, very low volume game for him. Um, didn't have many pass attempts, uh, you know, far fewer than he did this game. Um, in this game, he actually had 31 pass attempts. I, did, I definitely would have taken the, um, you know, if somebody said, hey, is he going to have, you know, under or over 25 pass attempts, I definitely would have taken the under. I thought he was going to have way under than 25 pass attempts in this game because that's how they've that's that's kind of how this offense runs. They are designed, you know, to run the ball as much as possible. So, um, but this particular game, he just so happens like he has a big passing game. Um, he has 237 yards. He has two touchdowns. Um, so I was very pleased to see that, seeing as I started him. Um, Chris Carson, he has still has quite a few carries in this game though. He has 22 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown. Um, very interesting to see that this happened. Um, you know, I'll be honest at the beginning of the year, uh, you know, before drafts, I did not believe that this team was going to be designed to run the ball. You know, I didn't think the offense, um, I didn't think the defense was going to be that good. So I thought they were going to be put in situations where they had to throw the ball. And in addition to that, I didn't think the offensive line was very good. So I didn't think they were going to be able to run the ball just on the, uh, from an offensive standpoint either. So very interesting to see that, you know, they did prove me wrong here. They, they, they can, they run the ball more than any other team in the league, it seems. Um, so I, I can, I'm interested to see if that, um, trend continues into next year too. 
Doug Baldwin, he kind of, uh, you know, if you've held on to Doug Baldwin this long, um, you know, he, he, you know, he, it pays off in this game. If you started him, um, he has four receptions for 77 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he has six targets, which isn't great from a number one wide receiver. Um, Tyler Lockett though, he has two receptions for 45 yards on two targets. Um, so, you know, it's clear to me that, you know, with the exception of Mike Davis, who got eight targets in this game, Russell Wilson prefers to throw to Doug Baldwin. If Doug Baldwin is available, he will throw to Doug Baldwin. All right, the Patriots take on the Steelers in Pittsburgh. This was a really disappointing game to me. I expected this game to be a shootout kind of game, and it really wasn't that. I think these teams, the offenses really struggled. Um, I I did not anticipate this happening. I thought the offenses were going to be able to march downfield with relative ease. Um, I thought there was going to be plenty of scoring in this game. So I was a little disappointed that there wasn't more scoring here. Um, Tom Brady, he has 279 yards, 279 yards and a touchdown and an interception. Um, Sony Michelle, he only has 13 carries for 59 yards. Um, no scores. This is the guy we were talking about being an RB one during the middle part of the season. And he's really just been, you know, He's really been touchdown dependent, and uh, he hasn't been scoring touchdowns. I'm not very optimistic about his outlook next week. Um, you know, I'm worried about Sony Michelle. I'm not worried about him from a long-term standpoint. I think he's going to be fine. But this particular season, you know, James with James White on the same team with Rex Burkhead around, there are these guys that are just eating into Sony Michelle's workload. He doesn't. Sony Michelle doesn't really get involved in the passing game. Um, I'm I'm very concerned about Sony Michelle this last week of the playoff uh, of the playoff schedule, and that goes for Rex Burkhead and James White too. From a fantasy perspective, I don't really feel like you can trust any of these guys now. So uh, there have been times where you know you felt comfortable starting a Patriots uh, running back just because either the the offense is just so high octane or you know, there's only been so many running backs available to run the ball, and so there's plenty of opportunity. And you know who's gonna who it's gonna be. Now I feel like it's a different case. I feel like it's a different. I feel like it's different now. I I don't I don't think that you can trust these guys like you did before. Um, they're just nobody's getting. I feel like everybody's getting fewer touches. Um, the offense, more importantly, the offense isn't high octane like it has been. Um. You know, it's not like the New England Patriots that we're used to seeing. So, I don't think there's just I just don't think there's as many scoring opportunities as there has been in the past. I'll move on to uh, Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman, he has seven receptions for 90 yards. Um, pretty good day for him, especially in PPR scoring. Um, all other pass catchers, really nothing really big to know. Chris Hogan, um, he's not a startable wide receiver, but he has two receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown. I wouldn't be fooled by that. He only got three targets in this game. That's not very encouraging, if you ask me. Rob Gronkowski. Um, I really thought Rob Gronkowski was going to have a big game here. I, I think it made sense that he would have a big game because historically, I mentioned this last week, he, he has historically just owned the Steelers. He has had some massive games against the Steelers. Um, but for whatever reason, it didn't happen this week, you know, and I have to wonder if that's, you know, if that's because, um, you know, of health reasons. I mean, did they, did the defense just play that well? Did they lock him down? Um, you know, is this about Tom Brady? I'm not sure, but 
Um, you know, I, 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 I was very disappointed by Rob Gronkowski and his, uh, his point totals this week. Josh Gordon, same thing for him. You know, he had two targets the entire game. I have to assume there's a reason why the Patriots traded for Josh Gordon. So it's very perplexing to me that Josh Gordon only got two targets in this game. So he only has one catch the whole day for 19 yards. I think that they had to get this guy more involved. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, Bill Belichick didn't get him involved this game. It's very interesting to me that, that he's not getting more involved in this offense. On the Pittsburgh side, this is an especially frustrating game if you're a Ben Roethlisberger owner because by halftime, Ben Roethlisberger had, I believe, 14 points, somewhere in that range. And so, you know, logic would say, like, okay, if he has 14 points at halftime, then maybe you can expect a 20 25-point game by the end of the game. Um, But that wasn't the case. Like, during, you know, in the second half of the game, uh, Ben Roethlisberger really didn't do anything fantasy-wise. He he ends the day with 235 yards receiving – or, excuse me, he ends the day with 235 yards passing, uh, two touchdowns, but he also has two interceptions. Um, Jalen Samuels, he has 19 carries. He has 142 yards. Um, Great – good day for him. Um, and he also has, um, he also has two receptions for 30 yards. So, um, I think that James Conner is going to return soon. Um, if they elect to hold him out for one more game, then Jalen Samuels is a guy that needs to be in your lineup. Um, they alluded to this being more of a committee, um, between, you know, Steve, you know, Jalen Samuels and Steven Ridley, um, that has not been the case. It has not been a duo running back. It has not been a, a running back duo. Um, you know, Jalen Samuels twenty. Jalen Samuels nineteen carries. Stephen Ridley three carries. Um, we'll move on down to Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown he has uh, seven targets. He has four receptions, 49, uh, 49 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Uh, kind of bails you out with the touchdown a little bit. You know, I expected a bigger day from him, but fortunately he does find the end zone, so he does return value there. Um, and Juju Smith-Schuster, he has four receptions for 40 yards. Uh, kind of a pedest- kind of a pedestrian day from Juju Smith-Schuster. Like I said before, you know, this has been – this was a game that I really did expect a lot of points being scored. So it's very interesting to me. Um, it's just interesting to me. It's interesting to me that, that so few – uh, points were scored in this game. I really, really expected there to be more points put up in this game. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how it didn't happen. You know, you got two quarter, two, um, you know, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks going up against each other against you know defenses that are not great. They, there's good playmakers on both sides, and then you know there's a combined 27 points scored in the game. All right, and then the Philadelphia Eagles upset the Los Angeles Rams. Um, it's crazy to think that the Philadelphia Eagles, um, as bad as I feel like they've played this season, I don't feel they've played particularly well. They're still in the hunt. They're still in it. They're still not eliminated from the playoffs. They still have a chance to win. Um, and you know, and even more so, you know, they beat the Los Angeles Rams. You know, it's uh, I don't know if they just match up well with them, but um, yeah, they come out with a win. Um, they actually, it was actually a road win. So they go on the road to Los Angeles and beat the Rams at their own stadium. So, um, Philadelphia for Philadelphia, Nick Foles, um, kind of almost looked like uh, Super Bowl Nick Foles a little bit. He has uh, 270 yards. He has one interception. 
but does lead them, facilitates his team to a victory. Um, but the big day, the big thing to note here is what happened on the ground. So Wendell Smallwood, he has 10 carries um, for 48 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, it's got to be frustrating if you're a Josh Adams owner. Uh, Josh Adams, he had 15 carries for 28 yards and one touchdown. So still, so he still gives you a you know a decent a decent day. You know he bails you out with a touchdown. Um, but you know it, it's clear to me like when they get they're getting on the goal line, they're running the ball. They're not passing once they get on the goal line, which is not encouraging for Alshon Jeffrey as far as scoring touchdowns. However, it seems like Alshon Jeffrey does have a good connection um with Nick Foles you know we saw it in the Super Bowl last year um you know Alshon Jeffrey has eight targets he has eight receptions for 160 yards so doesn't manage to get in the end zone but you'll take eight receptions and 160 yards definitely in PPR scoring especially with uh how Alshon Jeffrey has been performing recently um if you're a Golden Tate owner it's a little encouraging what you saw from him uh the other night um, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey is definitely um, Nick Foles' preferred target, but Golden Tate, he has five receptions on five targets. He has 43 yards receiving. Um, so we could see an increase in, in from him in the future. You know, one thing that was interesting to me is that Zach Ertz only has three receptions for 22 yards. So I don't know if the Rams just swallowed him up and they weren't going to allow him to score or, or catch anything. But um, it's a little concerning that he only had three receptions for 22 yards in this game after he's done so well all season. On the other side of the ball, uh, Jared Goff, he throws the ball 54 times this game. 54. All right, he throws. Uh, he has 35 completions on 54 attempts. Uh, he has 339 yards. No touchdowns, two interceptions. You like the yardage totals, but I think that's a lot of that's because the Rams got behind um, in this game, and they got behind by a pretty big margin, actually. So, um, you know, surprising, you know, that, you know, Todd Gurley actually came. Well, it's not all that surprising, I suppose, but um, I guess, you know, Todd Gurley, you know, he he has 12 carries. He has 48 yards and two touchdowns. He really kind of bails you out with the two touchdowns there. Uh, without those touchdowns, he doesn't really have all that great of a game. Um, and I, I believe there's something to monitor here. I think that he actually left the game uh, late in the game, late in the second half uh, with a knee injury. So, um, you know, I think this is something to monitor this week. I don't think that he's going to miss any time. But they, you know, with his history, he does, he did have a leg problem in the past. He did have a um, – he did tear, tear his ACL in college. Um, and that actually caused him to miss the several, first several games of his rookie career, um, of his rookie season. So I think that they, may, you know, they've already clinched. They've already they're, they're making the playoffs. You know, they're they're not missing the playoffs. Um, they, you know, since they have already clinched a playoff berth, um, I I could see a scenario where they try to be really cautious with Todd Gurley here. Robert Woods, he has seven receptions. He has seventy four yards. Um, on nine targets, that was encouraging to see him, uh, see him do that. Brandon Cooks, um, he has six receptions for 59 yards. None of the none of the receivers managed to get into the end zone, but um, not too worried about that. I think that better days are ahead for these receivers. One name to note is Josh Reynolds here. So Josh Reynolds has five receptions on 12 targets. 12 targets, people. He has 12 targets 
Uh, five receptions for 70 yards. I think this is a guy that we need to pay attention to. So if you if he's still available in your league, you need to go out and pick him up. The Rams run, I believe, the most wide receiver sets out of all uh, all the teams in the National Football League. So um, they like to run three wide receiver sets. Um, they do it more than anybody else. Um, and Josh Reynolds is the next guy up since Cooper Cup went down. So I think he's worth looking at. Um, if he's out there on the waiver wire, I would go. Um, I would make a claim for him, depending on who else is available in your league. All right, guys. So um, that brings us to our waiver wire ads section. So uh, you know, the way I do this is I don't always base this entirely off of you know the percentage of what of of their you know how many how much uh, these players are owned in each league. Rather, I go on to my own leagues, and I do check the percentage. But what I also do is I also want to see if they're just available in my league. So even if they're owned 80% of my league, um, you know the fact that they were available in my league makes me think that they could very well be available in your league as well. So um, that's the way I kind of do this. I don't really go off of you know they're owned in, the, in this percentage of leagues or, or over or under, you know. I just, uh, you know, if I think that it's, there's a good chance that they could be available or if there's a good chance that somebody got frustrated with somebody and dropped them, then I'll put them in here as well. So first up we have, we have a quarterback. We got Josh Allen. So it's likely that he's not available in your league just because he's been so hot lately. Um, but I know that there's probably plenty of teams out there, plenty of managers that are that are apprehensive about starting him. So that makes me wonder if maybe somebody dropped him. So I think if you need quarterback help, he's somebody you need to consider. The floor is just so high with his rushing. I know it wasn't there this week, um, but I think it will be there for the future. All right, so there's a lot of running backs on this list. The first one I have, and I think this one makes the most sense and he's the highest priority add, is Jamal Williams. So Aaron Jones is likely not going to play uh, this next week. So with his MCL injury, with his knee injury, I think Jamal Williams um, Jamal Williams is, is the best option for – he should be the top priority add um, because, um, you know, he – is definitely the guy in Green Bay. It's not going to be anybody else. You know, in these other situations with these other running backs that we're going to mention, there's a possibility that it could be somebody else. We don't know for sure that it's going to be um, this other guy. It, but, but in Green Bay, we know it's going to be Jamal Williams, okay? We're almost positive it's going to be Jamal Williams. He had a good game against the Bears. It makes sense that it's going to be Jamal Williams going forward. So if he's available, go get him. He needs to be added in all leagues. Uh, the next one I have for you is Damian Williams. So Damian Williams, you know, he had a good game against the Chargers. I think that he's going to be somebody um, that they that the Kansas City Chiefs have to get involved in their um, offense. So, um, you know, if Spencer Ware doesn't play this next week, then he's, he's definitely a must start. Um, but even if Spencer Ware does play, I still feel okay about Damian Williams. I think that he could... Um, I think it's very likely that he's still going to be involved in the offense just based off of his skill set. He's more of a pass catcher than Spencer Ware. He's still an effective runner. Um, and in this offense, that's just too valuable. There's too much upside to not add Damian Williams. Next running back I have for you um, is Kalen Balaj. So Kalen Balaj, he comes out. He has a good game against the Vikings. Um, 
You know, he just kind of bl- he blows up. This is a guy that has been talked about over the summer, but, you know, he just kind of, you know, fell, you know, out of discussions, you know, because of Kenyon Drake. And, um, you know, it, they, Adam Gase has made it very clear that he does not want to make, um, he doesn't want to make Kenyon Drake his, his, his bell cow running back. However, it looks like Kalen Bellage could be a bell cow running back in Miami. So I think he's worth an ad, you know, and if, you know, Frank Gore is not, he's out for the rest of the season. He could be a guy that you could insert into your lineup this next week um, and start. The next one we have for you, the next one I have for you is Elijah McGuire. So Elijah McGuire, we already saw his usage and long likelihood is probably not available anymore, but if he is available, you need to go pick him up. Um, Isaiah Crowell is out for the rest of the season. Um, and it's, it's clear that Elijah McGuire is the guy in New York for the Jets. Um, we don't know the status of these next two players. So Todd Gurley, we don't know how severe his injury is on Mon- that he had experienced on Sunday night. And then Lamar Miller, he tweaked his ankle against the Jets on Saturday. So um, that means that, to me, I think the guy to add in L.A. is John Kelly. John Kelly, he's a running back out of the University of Tennessee. If you look at his numbers from – uh, when he was when he was at the University of Tennessee, they're not great, but he is a talented running back. I think a lot of it had to do with the poor offense that he was in. Um, the University of Tennessee, they've produced a lot of good running backs that have played in the NFL. Uh, you know, some to note are Arian Foster, Alvin Kamara. You know, the 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 Tennessee Volunteers they tend to pro- they tend to um, they tend to produce pretty good running backs, and I think John Kelly could be one of those running backs. So um, I would I would be, you know, he's not a guy that has gotten really any experience, any exposure this year. But I think if there's an injury to Todd Gurley, I think they are going to throw John Kelly out there. I think he is um, the one. I think that's the guy that you want to own if, if Todd Gurley does miss some time. Alfred Blue, um, we don't know the status of Lamar Miller's uh, ankle injury, but I think Lamar Miller, I think Alfred Blue is the guy that you want to own um, from the Texans if if Lamar Miller does miss time. I don't think it's going to be Deontay, Deontay Foreman immediately. Um, I think Deontay Foreman, you know, with his, with his Achilles injury, I think they're going to trust Alfred Blue a little more than Deontay Foreman. The top receiver I have for you this week, it's pretty obvious, it's Mike Williams. So Mike Williams, you know what he did. He blew up this past week against the Kansas City Chiefs. If if Keenan Allen is out, then even against a bad matchup with the Ravens, I think Mike Williams, he's somebody that you have to get find a way to get into your lineup. The next one I have for you is uh, Robbie Anderson. So I like Robbie Anderson, especially with Quincy Anunwa out. So if Quincy Anunwa continues to uh, be out and not play, then I think Robbie Anderson, just from a volume standpoint, I think he has to be in your lineup. So the question has always been, is he going to get enough targets? Well, we saw the other day that Robbie Anderson is going to get enough targets in this offense. Um, so he, I feel very good about his outlook going forward. Next receiver I have for you is Josh Reynolds. So this is kind of a high upside play for you. So Josh Reynolds to me is a guy that's got a, he's got a low, he's got a low floor, but he also has a high ceiling. Uh, so, you know, the other day he got a million targets in the, uh, in, in the Rams Eagles game. So, you know, like I said before, they run a lot of three wide receiver sets. I think Josh Reynolds is a guy who could be, if you need, you know, if you just, if you're looking for a home run play, I think he's that guy. He's a guy who could have, you know, a hundred yards this next game and two touchdowns. So, 
Um, the next guy I have for you, um, he comes from the same offense as Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams. So he got a lot of targets last game. Um, I think that I would feel mostly good about starting Tyrell Williams. Um, you know, just from a volume standpoint, that's really what he needs is he needs more volume. So we saw that he got a lot of volume last game. So I think that he's somebody you need to consider um, adding this week. And then lastly, there's one tight end I'm interested in adding, and it's Evan Ingram. I'm going to check and see if Evan Ingram is available in any of my leagues. If he's available, then I'm probably going to pick him up because I am pretty thin at tight end in all of my leagues. So Evan Ingram, who got quite a few targets last last week, I think he's somebody you need to consider um, picking, up, picking up and starting in your league this next week. All right, guys. Well, that's it for our show. I appreciate you guys listening in. Hope you guys en- are enjoying the content. Um, please, if you have an opportunity to, uh, you know, leave a review, leave a rating if you enjoyed it. Um, really appreciate you guys listening in. I anticipate putting out another episode um, to predict, you know, outcomes for you know week sixteen games uh, sometime either either Thursday or Friday. So make sure you guys uh, check back for. Um, another episode either Thursday or Friday of this week. All right, guys, I appreciate the listens. I'll talk to you guys soon. What's your fantasy football podcast? Fantasy rankings, fantasy projections, fantasy news, fantasy advice, all for your fantasy team. Fantasy football podcast. This fantasy football podcast is recorded and produced by your fantasy expert, Josh Anderson. What's your fantasy for your fantasy football team?